Welcome. Parshas Bo, as most people know, describes to us the last three of the ten makas. Most people also know that the word Bo has the gematria of three. Base is two, Aleph is one, and so that's a remez that in this parsha there are there are three makas. My five-year-old grandson, he should be well. He should uh, live to 120, and so on, and he should grow up to be a big Talmud Chacham. He uh, told me the other day that uh, his Rebbe told him that it's Parsha's boy, boy. And so he figured that boy, how do you, how do you spell boy? Base, vav, yud. That's three letters, so therefore that's a, that's a remiss that this Parsha has three makas. In any case, we are going to focus here in this shear on the Maka of Arbe. The Pasik says, Paperik Yud, Pasik Yud Dalit. Vayal Ha'arbe, I'll call Eretz Mitzrayim, that the locust, the plague of locusts, came up upon the land of Egypt, as Moshe had war, as Moshe uh, said that it would happen. Vayal Ha'arbe, I'll call Eretz Mitzrayim, the Arbe came onto the land of Mitzrayim. Vayonach, and it rested in all of the boundaries of Mitzrayim, Koved Ma'od, very heavy, a very heavy swarm of locusts, Lefanov Lehoyachin Arbe Kamohu. Before it, before this incidence of locusts, there had never been an Arbe like it, there had never been a plague of locusts like it, Viachrov Loyachin. And after it, also, there will not be another such plague of locusts. There will be other swarms of locusts. It's a common phenomenon, particularly in the Middle East, but not Cain, not such, not in such, not to such a degree, not with such a magnitude. Let's see Rashi. The Pasuk says, after this Maka of, of Arba, there will never be such a swarm of locusts again. Now, Rashi here um, cites a case, a, a, a Pusik in Tanakh, which, which seems to indicate that there was another, another uh, plague of locusts that, that was even greater than this one. Rashi says, V'oso shehoye bime yoel, that uh, plague, that, that swarming of locusts that occurred during the times of the prophet Yoel, Shenemar, as it says in the Pasuk, in Sefer Yoel, such a swarm of locusts had never been before. So, that's a problem. There, there the Pasuk is telling us that the locusts in the time of Yoel We'll talk in Mr. Shem a little bit later exactly when was the time of Yoel, but the locusts in the later time of Yoel was the greatest ever. Sounds like it was even greater than the locusts in the time of Moshe. That's a problem because here the Pusik says that there will never be another swarm of locusts of as great a magnitude as that of, of that which Moshe Rabbeinu brought down. So Rashi says, Lamadnu, Shehoya Koved Mishel Moshe, we Learn from that posik, the posik kamayhu leinihiyom in that the the locusts of Yoel 
was, was heavier, was more severe than that of Moshe, al yidei minin harbe. Rashi says that was because of the many different species, the many different types of locusts. Shehoyu yachad, because together in the days of Yoel came a great variety of different kinds of locusts or grasshoppers. Rashi says arbe, yelek, chasil, gazom. He's really quoting a pasuk there. There was a type of locust called arbe, there was a type of locust called yelek, a type of locust called chasil, a type of locust called gazom, and in the days of Yoel, they all came together and they formed this massive swarm of locusts. So in that respect, the, the Navi Yoel tells us that there was never such a, such a plague of locusts ever before in terms of its great variety of different types of locusts. Says Rashi, Avol shel Moshe, but the the locusts of Moshe, lohoya elamin echod. That was only one type. The only type that is mentioned here in the Psukim about Makas Arba is the type of grasshopper that is called Arba. It seems that the word Arba can also be a general term for many types of grasshoppers, but there is also a specific type that's just called Arba. So Rashi says here, the, the Makkah of Moshe Rabbeinu was only min echod, just one min, the min of arbe. V'chamohu lehoye v'lo And such a Makkah, only of arbe, never was and never will be again, to that magnitude. So we have here uh, a description here, a, a historical note here from Rashi, that in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, there was a plague of locusts entirely of the species of arbe, of the type that's called arbe, and such a magnitude, such a great swarming, all of arbe never was and never will be again. Many centuries later, in the times of the prophet Yoel, there was another, uh, another plague of locusts, this time in Eretz Yisrael, and uh, it was of great magnitude, and it also had a lot of different species. It had Yelek, Chasil, Gazom, Arbe. And in that respect, it was the greatest Maka of Arbe that ever was, meaning not because of its many different species. It was the greatest ever, and there will never be one as great as that. Okay, Rashi has, uh, he is establishing some uh, historical points here. <clears throat> Just uh, Derech Agav, Ranban says that the whole thing is not Akasha. He says that this Pasuk here in the Torah, which says, uh, that's referring to what it says earlier in the, earlier in the Pasuk, Kol Eretz Mitzrayim and Gvul Mitzrayim. Ranban understands that this Pasuk is saying in Mitzrayim, the greatest plague of, of locusts that ever was and ever will be was this one of Moshe. What about the plague of Yoel? The answer is that wasn't in Mitzrayim. That was in Eretz Yisrael. Yoel was, was one of the Nevi'e Yisrael. He was one of the Jewish prophets, and he was prophesizing to the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael. But Rashi did not understand the Pasuk that way. Rashi understood that Achrov lo Cain, the Pasuk here that says that after this Makkah of Arbe, of Moshe Rabbeinu, there will never be such a great 
Makav Arba, Rashi understood that to mean anywhere. And so he had a problem. What do we do about the Maka, the Arba of Yoel? And Rashi gives his answer. One important question that needs to be raised on this Rashi is that here Rashi seems to be bothered by a question that is based on a later Pasuk. Our Pasuk says that there was a very great plague of locusts brought by, brought through the agency of Moshe Rabbeinu, and there will never be such a plague ever again. Now, one could have just left it at that. If, you, if uh, later on you're learning Tanakh, you get all the way up to the book of Yoel, which is in the, in the Treyasar, and, and there it looks like there's a contradiction, because it says, Yoel says that the plague that occurred in his days was it was such a plague that had never been before in history. So when you get there, you can answer the question. And what was the difference between, how, what, how do you resolve this contradiction? But we know, I've said it so many times, that Rashi's derech, Rashi's modus operandi is that he deals with each Pusik separately and does not raise questions on a Pusik based on some later Pusik, unless unless there's some special reason. But generally speaking, Rashi focuses on the Pusik that is in front of him. He doesn't worry about what might be contradictory somewhere else. When he gets to that somewhere else, then he will resolve the contradiction. But here, we're just in Sefer Shemois. We're in the, we're in the five books of the Chumash in Sefer Shemois, and Rashi's worried about Akasha that he had from the book of Yoel. Why? So, one answer that I said a few years ago, and I still think is probably correct in general, is that when the Torah predicts the future, there it is Rashi's derech to open up his Tanakh and look through the Psukim to see if it really is true. The fact that the Torah here is predicting the future, the Pasuk says, Va'achrav lo that after this Makkah, there will never be such a Makkah of Arba again, that automatically is forcing us to think about the future. And that automatically is, is, is a sign to Rashi that he should think through his, the whole Tanakh. I'm sure it didn't take him long. He probably didn't even have to open up a book. But he should think through the whole Tanakh and see if perhaps there's some possible contradiction. A, another example of this is in Parshas B'Shalach, where the Torah is, is discussing the mon, the, the bread that fell from the heaven for the B'nai Yisrael. And the Pasuk says, U'v'nei Yisrael achlu es amon arbeim shanah. The B'nai Yisrael ate the mon for 40 years. Ad bo'om el eretz neishavas, until they eventually came to a settled land, meaning until they came to Eretz Yisrael, or very close to it. Es amon achlu, the mon they ate, Ad Bo'am El Eretz Kanan. The Mun they ate until they came to the edge, to the border of Eretz Kanan. Okay, so they ate the Mun for 40 years. Rashi raises a question based on a Pusik in Yeshua, and Rashi asks, But isn't it really missing 30 days? It was 40 years minus 30 days. I'm not going to go through the math here. Rashi 
does so, for those who are interested. But Rashi makes a calculation based on when the month started to fall and based on what it says in Sefer Yeshua about when it stopped coming, that it really comes out it was 40 years, but minus one month, 39 years, 11 months. So Rashi's asking, how could our Pesach in, in, uh, in Parshish Bishalach and Sefer Shemos say that they ate the month for 40 years when they really didn't quite get up to 40 years? It was really 39 years, 11 months. And Rashi gives an answer. The answer is not for now. But you see here that the Torah, gives, the Torah is stating a fact that they ate the month for 40 years. And Rashi asks Akasha based on a much later Pesach, on a Pesach already in Sefer Yeshua. A Pesach in, in a different section of Tanakh altogether. Why is he doing that? So I think perhaps the reason is be, what I said before, that when the Torah is predicting the future, the Torah is telling us not only what happened then, but it's telling us what's going to happen in the future, that they're going to eat the man for 40 years, that automatically opens us up to any questions that we, we might be able to find, any, any possible contradictions. That already is telling us to, to look into the future. And therefore, Rashi does so. He opened up his Sefer Yeshua, and he figured out that really they only ate the man for 39 years, 11 months, and he raised the kasha. So similarly here, the Torah says that the, the plague of Makais that was brought by Moshe Rabbeinu uh, there was never another, another such a plague. There was never a plague of such magnitude. So it's predicting the future. So Rashi opened up his Tanakh. He looked in Sefer Yoel and he said, hey, wait a minute. It looks like the, the plague in the days of Yoel was even greater than the plague in the days of Moshe. That's one approach. It's my approach. I, I take responsibility for it. If it's wrong, it's my mistake. Maskil the David says a different approach here. He says that the last word in our Pesach, the Achrov lo Cain, afterwards there will not be Cain, such a Maka. There will not be so. He says that last word seems to be superfluous. Let's try to read the Pesach without it. it says there was a plague of Arbe all over Mitzrayim, Koveid Ma'od, it was very heavy, before it, there had never been an Arba like it. And it would seem that we could stop right there. We don't need the next word, Cain. And afterwards, will not be. Will not be what? Well, it's obvious what it's referring to. It's referring to this Maka of Arba. So Maskele David says that the word Cain is what was bothering Rashi, or this phrase, that is in fact Rashi's those are the words that he quotes from the Posek. So since Rashi felt that that last word, Cain, seems to be superfluous, so Rashi explains that what it really means, Cain, is that there will not, is there could be an Arba, just a Maka of Arba, just as severe as this one. But it will be a different type of Arba. The Pesach says, Va'achrav lo Cain. There will not be another Maka of Arba just like this one. There could be another one that's greater than this, 
That's what it says, that's what it seems to say in the book of Yoel, that there was, in fact, another Maka of Arba that was just as bad or even worse than this. But Cain, there will not be such a Maka of Arba like this one, a Maka of Arba, number one, of great magnitude, and number two, only consisting of the one species called Arba. That's how the Maskele David explains it. There are other approaches in the Mephoshim that um, also they try to find in this Pasuk itself a, um, a, a, a reason why Rashi would begin to talk about it. There is another major issue with our Rashi comment, an issue which is brought up first, or at least one of the earliest commentators to bring up this issue, is Ranban. And this is as follows. Rashi says that the plague of Yoel was greater in terms of its variety of Arba, but the plague of Moshe was greater because it consisted just of one min, of just one type. However, there are psukim in Tehillim, where the, the poet, the Meshoirer of Tehillim, is praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu for miracles that he did in Mitzrayim. And as part of that discussion, the, the Meshoirer brings up the plague of Arbe and listen to how it's described. In Perak Ayin Ches Mem Vav, it says, Vayiten lechasil yevulam, Hashem gave the, the produce, he gave the agricultural growth of Mitzrayim, lechasil, chasil is a certain type of locust, the yigiyam and their toil, lo arbe, he gave it to the arbe. So here you see, this is describing which maka of arbe, it's describing that of Moshe Rabbeinu. It says that Hashem allowed their crops, he caused the, cro- the crops to be eaten up by the chasil and the arbe, so you see that it wasn't just the Arbe, it wasn't just that particular type that's called Arbe, it was also the type that's called Chasil. And then there's another Pasik, which again is, was uh, noted by Ranban, Perik Kufhei, Pasik Lamid Dalit, Amar Vayavai Arbe, Moshe Rabbeinu said, he spoke, and the Arbe came, V'yelek ve'en mispar, and also it came innumerable Yelek. Yelek is one of those other types of Arbe. So if we put these two psukim and tilim together, we, would, we, would, we can conclude that the, the maka of Arbe that was brought by Moshe Rabbeinu actually consisted of three types of grasshopper, the chasil, the Arbe, and the Yelek. Well, this seems to be an open contradiction to what Rashi says, that the plague of Moshe was only one type, was only the type called Arbe. This question is raised by Ranban. There's a lot written on this topic. I'd like to just mention, I'd like to work with one particular answer. It's, uh, it has a very good pedigree. It was said by Mizrahi, and it seems to be echoed by the Gur'arye also. They say that the Arba, the Makas Arba of Meshur Rabbeinu, did include several different types, as we see in Tehillim, but the type that was that is called arbe were of unusual were unusually large specimens. They were very large individuals. Those of the arbe, those of the chasil and of the yelek varieties, just normal 
grasshoppers. A lot of them, but normal grasshoppers. Each individual could be examined by a grasshopperologist and be found to be of normal size. But the type that's called arbe were unusually large, and that's why uh, the, that's why the psukim in the Torah emphasize arbe. They only mention arbe, and that's what Rashi means that the plague of Moshe Rabbeinu was unique in its arbe. The plague of Yoel was unique in its variety of species. The plague of Moshe Rabbeinu was not really unique in its variety of species. It had a variety like many other plagues of, of locusts have some variety, have some different species, but the plague of Moshe Rabbeinu was unique in the arbe because the arbe of Moshe Rabbeinu were particularly large specimens. This leaves me, anyway, uh, okay, I am satisfied that the, the questions have been answered, but it leaves me with what I call a so what question. So what? Why is it important to know that the Arba of Yoel consisted of many different types, but the Arba of Moshe was primarily just the type that's called Arba, but they were particularly large? What's the point? Why is this important to know? Perhaps we can say as follows. Perhaps we can say that each of these two plagues of Arba, the one of Moshe and the one of Yoel, had a different purpose. First of all, we need to know who was Yoel and when did he live. Well, Rashi, on the very first Pasuk of the book of Yoel, he gives us three opinions. First, he says Yoel was the son of Shmuel, Shmuel Hanavi. Then he quotes a different opinion that Yoel lived in the days of Elisha Hanavi. And um, so that's somewhat later. And then a third opinion is that he lived in the, the days of Menashe Melech Yisrael. Also later than that, later than Elisha. According to all three opinions, Yoel was a, was a Jew in Eretz Yisrael. He lived at a time when there was either the Mishkan was in Kla Yisrael, like in the times of Shmuel or his son, the Beis HaMikdash had not been built yet, or later on, if he lived later than that, he was living during the times of the Beis HaMikdash, of the first Beis HaMikdash. The basic belief in a Kodesh Baruch Hu, the basic knowledge of a Kodesh Baruch Hu was not lacking from Kla Yisrael during any of those times. There was Yitzra da'avedezora, there was a Yitzhahara, there was a great pull to, to do idolatry and to do other sins at different times. The basic understanding that there is a Kodesh Baruch Hu and that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is, is what he is, that was not in doubt during any of those periods of history amongst B'nai Yisrael. That's Yoel. Masha'en Cain, this is not the case regarding Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu's plague of Arya, of Arbe, pardon me. Moshe Rabbeinu um, is dealing with Paroi and the Egyptians. And, um, and therefore we can say as follows. Yoel and Moshe Rabbeinu had different purposes. Yoel's purpose was to shock the Bnei Yisrael into doing shuvah, like 
almost all of the other Nevi'im that we have in the Sifrei HaNavim, they lived at times when, in one way or another, the, the, the practice of, of, of Tariyag Mitzvahs, the practice of the Torah amongst Klai Yisrael, was weakening, and therefore the Nevi'im came, and they said, if you don't behave, something terrible is going to happen, and the purpose was to encourage people to do tshuva. They also said, if you will do what's correct, wonderful things will happen. But it's all a matter of encouraging the people to be true to what they, what they really knew and believed in anyway, and to do a better job of, of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That was Yoel's purpose also. But Moshe Rabbeinu's purpose, at least in part, was to perform these makas in order to convince the Egyptians that there is Hashem, that there is Hashem Echad. As we read in a Pasek in Parshas Vo'era, a general Pasek, which is a sort of a general introduction to all of the makas, the Pasek in Perek Zion Pasekei says, V'yodu Mitzrayim Kiani Hashem, the Egyptians will know, they will come to know that I am Hashem, bin tosi es yodi al Mitzrayim. When I stretch forth my hand upon Mitzrayim and I perform all the miracles, and when I take out the B'nai Yisrael from their midst, by doing all of these miracles, Hashem says, they will come to know that Ani Hashem. In other words, they didn't know at first. Obviously, they didn't know. They were just an idolatrous nation, like all the other idolatrous nations. They really did not understand what Hashem is. They did not understand the concept of Hashem Echod. Part of Moshe Rabbeinu's purpose in performing the Makas was to, was to show them that, was to teach them that. And therefore we can say that the Makas Arba in the time of Yoel was very impressive. It was very shocking because it had many different kinds of Arba. It was very noticeable. Wow, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing something really amazing and he's really making us suffer in a lot of different ways. Maybe these kind of arbor prefer this crop, but the other kind of arbor prefer the other crop, and they're eating all the crops, and they're all over the place, and it's, it's just fabulous in a bad way. And that would, that would uh, hopefully cause the people to do tshuva. Moshe Rabbeinu's arbor, however, because of its particular purpose, had to contain some element of achtus, of oneness. If Moshe Rabbeinu's Arba was just a, an, a, an even mix of all the different kinds of Arba that, that, are, that are possible, it would be missing that, that lesson of one, of Hashem Echod. And that was part of what Moshe Rabbeinu needed to do. That was part of the purpose of the Makais. And therefore it could be that that was the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu's Makas Arba. The greatness was that it, that it was all, that it was basically all one men. Yes, there was some, uh, some sort of uh, window dressing. Some of the other minim were there also, as it says in Tillam. But primarily, it was the men of Arba, which were particularly large and outstanding. And that had that message of Hashem Echod. And with this, we can understand something else. We can understand why, we can understand the difference between the psukim in the Torah, which emphasize 
the one min of Arba. That's really all that's mentioned in the Torah. And the Psukim in Tilim, which talk about many kinds of Arba. They talk about the Chasil and, and the Yelak and the Arba. What's the difference? Why does the Torah emphasize one aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu's Arba, but Tehillim emphasizes a different aspect? Well, the answer is, in the Torah, the message is Achdus Hashem. The unity and the oneness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is represented by the unity in the Makkah, that it was essentially one min, one type of, of Arba that, that did the damage. Tehillim is not so much concerned with, uh, with the Egyptians and their Amuna and what they believed in and what they knew. That's not the point in Tehillim. The point in Tehillim is Tehillim. It is to, to sing the praises of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It is more impressive in a way that there were many different kinds of Arba. That's what's emphasized in Tehillim, that there was Chasil and there was Arba and there was Yelek. That's the praise of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu brought all of these different types and was able to bring all of these different types of Arba. I'm not an expert on Egyptian uh, locust locustology, but uh, uh, it could be some of these minima not so common even in Mitzrayim. But that is the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he brought all of these different types of locusts onto Mitzrayim. So that's what's emphasized in Tehillim. It's the book of praises. But in the Torah, the Torah is telling us a narrative of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through his agent, Moshe Rabbeinu, taught a certain lesson to the Egyptians about Ani Hashem and Hashem Echad, and that was done primarily through just one type of Arba.